This is the place to go for anime, manga, comics, video games, all pop culture information. This is the place that you need to be. This program is brought to you by Blacken Studios Entertainment Division. Remember, it's Blacken. Oh yeah, you're listening to the Elijah Bailey Show, Oklahoma's favorite podcast. Yeah, 100% auditorial pleasure. Dig it. Providing bankruptcy services throughout the state of Oklahoma, Bowler & Associates is a bankruptcy law firm based in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Their mission is to relieve you from threat of debt collectors, garnishments, repossessions, tax levies, foreclosures, and much more. Backed by more than 20 years of experience in the legal field, they excel in finding the quickest, most effective, and most affordable solution to all your legal and financial troubles. You can find them at Bowler Law on Facebook and also visit the website at www.bowlerlawfirm.com. Reach them at 405-733-3000. You can also email them at bankruptcy at bowlerandassociates.com. Providing bankruptcy services throughout the state of Oklahoma, Bowler & Associates is a bankruptcy law firm based in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Their mission is to relieve you from threat of debt collectors, garnishments, repossessions, tax levies, foreclosures, and much more. Backed by more than 20 years of experience in the legal field, they excel in finding the quickest, most effective, and most affordable solution to all your legal and financial troubles. You can find them at Bowler Law on Facebook and also visit the website at www.bowlerlawfirm.com. Reach them at 405-733-3000. You can also email them at bankruptcy at bowlerandassociates.com. One, 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 two. Thank you guys for joining. We already got three people here. <laughs> uh, I am checking with the buckety. As you can see, it's just me today. This is episode, and let's start this off right. And three. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me turn this down just a little bit. You know, Rifty Beat is in the ears, and I just get going. But three, two, one, and welcome back to the show from God's Own Wood, the one that has been here for over seven years, the Elijah Bailey Show. We are here with episode 315, another amazing episode. Yes, you missed us last week. There's a lot of things going on, and I'll tell you why. And that is one of the reasons the Buckety is not here right now, and I'm actually texting him. If you could see the pictures, um... You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. Uh, <laughs> hang on. Uh, he said he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit. I see the uh, the pictures they send to me. So let's go ahead and dive right into it now. Let's get into what's going on now. If you watched uh, episode 314, uh, we were live at Black and Studios for the very first, and well, it seemed like the very first time, but the very last time, uh, because the studio has uh, shut down. 
Uh, and that, that is not a joke. That is not something that we're, we're kidding about. Black and Studios has dissolved as no more. Now we're doing the Elijah Bailey show still, but the Buckety is uh, getting everything taken down at the old studio. What's up, Steve? How's it going? Hey, everything is good. Thank you guys, especially everybody that's been coming in and uh, watching the stream, especially Jessica's stream, because we had changed from Edge Gaming to Edge 2 Gaming. Um, she did a video last night, and it's already at like 90 views. You guys are jumping in. Go ahead and hit that sub button. Hit that follow button. And uh, make sure that you follow, turn on notifications. If you have Amazon Prime, you get a free sub every single month. So go ahead and boom, drop the sub right here. There we go, Steve. Liking the stream. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, he's like, I seen your white ass. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But um, let's go ahead and continue to talk about the studio before we do anything else. Now, Black and Studios is going, but we will still be doing the podcast. Richard is actually up at the studio, taking down everything, getting that moved to the home location. Uh, there's, it's, been, it's been a lot. Uh, we've both been, uh, we've been restructuring. Uh, as you can see, the channel is restructured. We got some new things coming. You'll keep continue to see that. You'll continue to see schedule changes. Um, on Facebook, I don't know if it'll let you see the follow age unless we're partnered. Right now, we are affiliates with Facebook and Twitch. Twitch has all of our emotes. If you subscribe, you get um, animated emotes plus the emotes that we already have. And uh, you get the streaming schedule, you get access and links to the Twitter page where you get the uh, the most update information about everything. But if you are watching the stream today, go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Follow. And we have 30 new followers on um, our road to monetization over on YouTube. So go over there. There's a lot of YouTube shorts that you guys need to check out. Uh, make sure to follow our TikTok right now at 71K uh, likes. We're on our road to 5,000. He got Steve got married three months ago. Congratulations from from a man that's been married. Woo! I've been with my wife going on seventeen years now. We've been married like seven, so it, you know it, it's a good thing, especially if you got somebody that uh, you can talk to and have a conversation with. Because that's what seems to be the problem with everything right now. Nobody's communicating, and then they're splitting. Me and Buck communicate. We're together. That's my podcast wife. This is the podcast life now. Uh, we're talking about everything Dragon Ball Super today and video games because we weren't here last week. Uh, Buck had graduations this weekend. Uh, there's a lot of things going on uh, and a lot of changes being made uh, drastically throughout both of our lives. So thank you guys for joining us. Thank you guys for, for hanging in there. Uh, we did miss that episode last week. But we're back and we're going to cover video games and Dragon Ball Super because there's a lot of things going on now. How have we got this far? I'm 35 years old and I've been playing video games damn near all my life. And yet I still see the same 10 black characters in video games and Dragon Ball Super. The, the one thing that we're going to talk about is misinformation, why that matters. And then also we're going to do a live read or I'm going to do a live read of Dragon Ball uh, Super Chapter 84 because things went crazy. We were hyped. Uh, we're hyped as we are every week, um, even though Dragon Ball Super is monthly. It almost feels like this is a Tokyo Revengers release. This almost feels like this is a One Piece release because One Piece right now is just going crazy. Um yeah, Facebook doesn't give those analytics. I'll have to go in and uh, actually see in the... Uh, I'm 36 on Wednesday. Happy birthday. Happy early birthday. Facebook's analytics doesn't give you uh, a freely follow age until I'm partnered. And then you'll be able to use uh, the channel commands, which doesn't make any 
you know any sense to me but we're working on it we've been communicating with facebook if you have been watching the streams if you have been watching um the the uh podcast yes sometimes i do mute the music which doesn't make any sense because we get our music from rifty beats who's the official um beats of the show you can find him on youtube you can find his channel on uh spotify pretty much anywhere that you look for professional music he's even on tiktok if you follow us on tiktok at elijah bailey's show like i was saying on the road to 5k followers at 71k likes you can follow me tsunami loyalist i'm on the k on the road to 1k followers and i think we're at 7,000. uh and you'll see anime openings endings anime battles and things like that but i am not going to keep you anymore let me move some stuff over so we can go ahead and get started uh because I, I wasn't sure if Buck was going to make it or not. So first things first, let's run down uh, the video game list for this month. Now, we didn't give it to you last week. Like I said, we were gone. But you know, this is the Elijah Bailey show where we believe that we need more Superman and superhero games like Spider-Man. The reason I say Superman, because we haven't had a good Superman game yet, but we need them like the latest Spider-Man series and Goku and Vegeta should fight together more often. So let's dive into the May video game releases. I'm going to run through this real quick so we can get to our Dragon Ball Super Livery because we have a lot to discuss and a lot to go into and talk about the misinformation. So for May video game releases, we have Seafood. Now, today is May 23rd if you're watching the show live, which is, the show is live for 30 p.m. On Mondays now, we move from Sunday to Monday. Uh, that is our new live day, and the show drops on Thursday, and that'll still be the same. But on May 2nd, we had Seafood Vengeance Edition on PS5 and PS4. May 3rd, we had Dungeon Defenders Awaken for PS4. Then we had Loot River for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC, um, which was dropping May 3rd. Then we had Citizen Sleeper for Xbox Series X and S, Switch, and PC, which dropped on May 5th, along with Overcooked All You Can Eat for the Stadia. And we also had Trek to Yomi for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And then... On May 6th, we had Among Us Ejected Edition, which I hadn't heard about this, but Among Us gets Ejected Edition, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. May 10th, we had Euden Chronicles Rising for Xbox Series X and S, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, also on May 10th, we had Salt and Sacrifice for PS5, PS4, and PC. Uh, this War of Mine, Final Cut, PS5, Xbox Series X, and S. And lastly, on May 10th, we had Unpacking for PS5 and PS4. I downloaded it, haven't played it yet. Looks interesting. One of my favorite series. And I am not lying, it's right here. The Collector's Edition, the full, the full series. For Evil Dead the Game with Ashy Slashy, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, which dropped on May 13th. Then we had on May 17th, Umarangi Generations for Xbox Series X and S and Xbox One. May 19th was Vampire the Masquerade uh, Swan Song for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Then on the 20th, when Dragon Ball Super dropped the latest chapter 84, we had Dolmen for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, 
PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, now, these are the games that are releasing later this month. Tomorrow, May 24th, we have Hardship Shipbreaker for PC. We have Nino Kuni Crossroads for PC, iOS, and Android on May 25th. May 26th, we have Sniper Elite 5 for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Then we have Cow the Kangaroo uh, dropping on May 27th for PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC celebrating and i think this was yesterday like the 45th anniversary i do believe of pac-man we have pac-man museum plus for xbox series x and s ps4 xbox one switch and pc also dropping may 27th and on the very last day of this month may 31st we have snow runner for ps5 xbox series x and s now before we get into dragon ball super chapter 84 um which is uh uniquely titled a people's pride we heard we've heard about this since the day vegeta we've heard about this since raditz where's your pride as a saiyan kakarot we've heard about it since the beginning of dragon ball super but before we get into that we are going to honor one black character from gaming and bam there she is the lady with the afro the one the only grace walker from wolfenstein 2 the new colossus um she uh, fir- uh, the first time you meet grace she has a gun pointed at the famed nazi killer billy b blaskowitz uh face and he and she asked him just who the fuck are you white boy that's 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 a line right there that you just can't can't forget it's almost like uh 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 uh, franklin you know coming through asking people like what the fuck you doing on my house this is but you know wolfenstein reminds me a lot of mafia 3 and if you remember mafia 3 you was going around just fucking all white people up but in a series about overthrowing nazis and klansmen it would it would have been easy to paint the same worldwide uh, view onto all the Wolfenstein characters, but Walker's perspective is a very fresh one and one that we like. Um, Bombay's story in the New Order, some of the difficulties that black men face uh, the world over, but Grace's experience as a black woman in America is vastly different one. One of the very few survivors of the nuclear attack on New York, uh, the few survivors of the atom bomb attack, Grace's role as a tough-as-nails resistant leader is one that requires a delicate balance of camaraderie and no-nonsense hard-acidness, a combination absolutely nailed by the voice actress Deborah Wilson from one of my favorite uh, sketch comedy shows, Mad TV, and you, the character even looks like her, but one of the things I really liked about her was just the way that she moved throughout the game. It's something that you don't normally see. She didn't have to be a drug dealer. She didn't have to be this catty woman. She was just a tough woman calling people out and, you know, not taking no bullshit. Any woman could be this woman. That's why it stuck out to me. But she was a strong black woman. So we're going to give props to Grace uh, this month. Now, before we head into uh, Dragon Ball Super, this is what I want to say. The reason that we're, we're reading this chapter and the reason that I'm going over the stuff we are, me and Buck talked about this, is I just recently listened to a podcast and I love it. I love the fact that we have, you know, not everybody has to be a hardcore anime fan or a manga researcher or anything like that. You have casual fans, but the deal with casual fans is that you have this spread of misinformation um, and it's either because... You know, if you're casual, you're casual. You just see stuff and you forget it. You don't go back. You you remember it a certain way and then you relay that information. But for people like Screen Rant, which Geekdom did a great job on his uh, latest YouTube video 
uh, because they said Goku's real name is not Kakarot. And they were reaching at straws. They made up some bullshit. They were talking about how, and we all know this, Akira Toriyama based Goku strongly on Journey to the West. And they're like, his name is not this. And it's just a translation deal. They didn't even do enough research. And this is the thing that you get with people that are doing articles in anime that have no knowledge. They just want to work for a company or they just don't care because they don't do enough research. Now, for the casual fan, casual fans, we love casual fans because they branch out. They watch the stuff that we enjoy. They watch the same shows. And they're like, you know what? Oh, I didn't even look at those. I'm looking at the bitrate right now, and I forgot the Streamlabs updated their app. I was just trying to get here to you. Luckily, we're not streaming yet. I need to make some tweaks. Um, but, you know, casual fans are, are all of us at some point in time. Like when you first start in the anime or maybe you take time off because of work, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with casual fans. But the misinformation and holding on to that and starting these arguments and becoming like a trash fan, that's the stuff that we want to kill. And with Dragon Ball, it's so complex. There's a lot of people that say that Goku, like Vegeta does have character development that you can boldly see because he starts off as a mass murderer. That's all he does is travel around the galaxy and now he's a father. But Goku has the same kind of character development. But if you haven't watched Dragon Ball and haven't watched everything all the way through, you don't know anything about that. So what I want to do is I want to uh, switch over, if we can, to Dragon Ball Super. And go ahead and uh, dive into, not Claiborne, but the uh, latest chapter. And the reason we have Claymore is because Claymore is the manga of the month, which we'll talk about. This is this is uh, my playlist, guys. Now, I, oh, look at that. Vados, Beerus, Whis, Champa. Yes, we have all of them. Um, you know what? We're 19 minutes in. Let's do this. Before we actually go into Dragon Ball Super and do the live read for chapter 84, let's take a quick pause for the cause. Remember, go ahead and hit that subscribe button on uh, Twitch, on Facebook, follow. Uh, if you want, uh, Facebook Stars has just updated their uh, algorithm. So that means you can go ahead and donate uh, any stars uh, that you want. You can go ahead and sub on Twitch. You can cheer, bits, all that stuff. And we do have animation. Hopefully that pulls up with this latest installation of uh, Streamlabs. Like I said, I jumped on today. We've streamed this week and I jumped on today and all of a sudden I had to re-log in and do my stuff. So let's take a quick Pause for the cause as you listen to Rifty Beats, and we'll be back with episode 315 of The Elijah Bailey Show as we dive into Dragon Ball Super Chapter 84. We'll be right back. <laughs> Have no fear, for I am here to give you this message. I remember when I was a sidekick, it was great to stand alongside a hero and help save the day. You didn't always have to be in the forefront to do some good. Learn from them, support them, so that one day you can be your own symbol of hope and peace. This commercial is in support of all psychics out there giving their all each and every day. We salute you. Summer is here. Bright days full of great weather, beautifully satisfying breezes, and a glimmer of hope on the horizon. But summer is also the perfect time for revenge. That's right, whether it be by handshake, magic summoning, or just the afterlife for otakus, we'll help you get what you so crave. Simply call us at 1-900-738-3643 and schedule your consultation today. 
right, folks. All right, folks. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. That's that's welcome back, Carter. Now, you know what? I think I'm going to change this real quick. Uh, let's do it this way. Okay, we'll go go through it this way. That way, I can just read straight off of here, and uh, you guys can still see me. Now, let me know if you have any issues seeing these panels. Uh, I'm trying to check on my phone now and see if this looks. Ooh, that's not too bad. Might dive in just a little bit more now. What's different about uh, the reads that we're doing? is we're doing live reads just like uh almost like uh, you would do for for the anime but uh you know buck usually bounces off so we can you you hear the tone shift in the voice so we're really we're really going to narrate it but one of the things i want to do is let's find uh rifty beat uh beats made this dragon ball um what was it dragon ball super broly track and he has this album and it is amazing. So we're going to try to pull that up and just listen to some Dragon Ball as we uh, go ahead and read through this. So last chapter, when we were uh, going through this chapter 83, Goku had a faint memory of Bardock and Vegeta was talking to uh, Manito about you know what was going on they really finished uh, the story of what happened between Bardock and Gas, how Bardock was able to beat uh, Gas the last time because they're having trouble. And this time Gas has made a wish or Alec made a wish for his younger brother Gas to be the strongest in the universe. So let's go ahead and dive right into this. So this is chapter 84 at People's Pride. Um, we're gonna read through this chapter, I'll give you predictions, and then we'll talk about some of the key points that kind of stood out. So uh, the audio data ends there. Coming from the Saiyan Scout, and Manito, Goku, and Vegeta are all surprised. And Goku grabs his head. And says, wow. Um, we go to there. We go. Chapter uh, page two. Manito goes in. Bardock left this planet as soon as he was on his feet again, and only his scouter was left behind. Goku and I love the parallel because this is an earlier version of Goku than we got in Dragon Ball Super uh, Broly. He's uh, just now been born in his uh, birth pod, and now it's Goku, beaten and tattered, just thinking. Goku opens his eyes, and he sees his dad stumbling in, all beaten and bruised, and Bardock puts his hand out to his pod of his second son as he smiles, and his mom, Gane, in the background, hitting that Goku pose that he hits, and he's been hitting since Dragon Ball. The early years of Dragon Ball, Goku closes his eyes, goes back to sleep, and then we see Bardock heading off to another battle in new Saiyan uniform and Gane holding Raditz's hand before he goes off and he becomes uh, a, a fighter with young Prince Vegeta. We have Gane talking to another mother there as she's eating food. You see her passing by the pod, Goku, and these are just instances of Goku opening his eyes to look out at the world around him after he, soon after he's born. And then he sees his mom, Gane, passed out and asleep on the table. Next thing you know, Goku has that little butt diaper on that sucks out his poop. He wakes up and he's shocked because Bardo's, Bardock is looking at him worried. And what we know is after Bardock leaves the battle with gas, he heads back to planet Vegeta, which coincides with the destruction of the Saiyan. So Bardock had this change within him on this last mission. And so he's waking up Goku 
and they're looking worried. Next thing you know, you see Gane taking Goku out and putting him in his little stroller. And then we see the scene that they did and crafted so well where Goku father, Goku's father, Bardock and Gane are, are wishing him to have a safe and happy life. And if nothing's wrong, if Bardock is just overreacting, they'll come to earth and they'll get Goku. But if he's not, they want him to be safe. And it shows the Saiyan space pod leaving as his mother Gane yells for him and Bardock just looks at him and just wishing his son makes it to earth away from whatever Frieza is planning. And then we have Goku space pod leaving planet Vegeta heading to earth. Goku, I finally, uh, I feel like I finally understand what Saiyan pride is about. Or he says, Vegeta, I finally feel like I know, understand what Saiyan Prize is about. Or rather, I remember, I remembered. That's something that Goku has never done. Goku hit his head as a kid, lost all of his memory. And this is, I don't know, I, we have to do the calculations on how many years after this is. Because a lot of people think there's a lot of years passing just because the animation and the manga stopped for so many years. But remember... The beginning of Superstars, uh, right after the events of Majin Buu and uh, Goku passing and things like that. So I remembered what it's about, along with my dad's face. The thing is, I haven't had total faith in my power. And Vegeta just is surprised. And he said, I've lost sight of it as well. My burden is not the sin of all Saiyans, but our people's pride. And this is a vast revelation for Vegeta. But it's also one, as we know, that's going to piss him off. He said, why did it have to be your father of all people who helped me realize this? And then Goku, ha ha ha, just laughs at my night toes sitting on the table thinking, Vegeta, and to think that you and Reddit survived when you were young because of a wish on the Dragon Balls. That's not fair. And Goku's like, give me a break. Now, we did have this disproven. The actual translation is... Um, and I, I remember sending this to, to Buck, and I'm going to go straight to the text message because we were when this dropped, there was a lot that we talked about. But um, the translation, uh, da, 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 it says, hang on. He wished his sons to become strong men uh, was a, a wish that was built around saying pride. So it wasn't just I wish them whatever the, the translation was. And, I, I, and it is a shit translation. I just wish Viz Media would do a little bit better with these translations because the actual translation is right there. But it makes a difference. If you wish that Goku's lucky, if you wish that he has a happy life, if you wish this, those are all different then wishing them you know it, and it, it makes the difference in the series because goku could just be a kid born off of luck or his luck could have been just him getting to earth like bardock making it back to planet vegeta and getting him to earth uh there's some other instances in life where people think that goku had the same this wish last and i don't feel like this wish lasted past raditz and goku not dying with the rest of the saiyans because raditz is currently dead raditz died in the very first arc of dragon ball so uh, obviously it's not a wish to be strong or to surpass all or to to have a great life and never die i think it was just to get them off planet vegeta and then the rest was up to them uh, going back into the story, because we have a lot, uh, we have 48 pages. Uh, uh, that's what it was. Wishing for you to thrive and all. Whoever heard of such a pampered saying? How about the way you pamper and spoil bra, huh? And you know Goku's caddy anyway. Vegeta yells, one has nothing to do with the other. My Naito picks up Bardock's scouter and he laughs, or he smiles. Bardock, what a funny way for your will to be passed down. A people's pride isn't about atoning for the sins of the past. And Vegeta is still pissed at Goku. 
uh, and my night my night two continues, and it ain't about taking revenge. It's all about accepting your nature and sticking to your conviction, and that's true for any tribe out there. Now we know that the Namekians are nomadic tribes and they're nomadic dimensional travelers. This is said in Dragon Ball Super, which we still haven't gone out to because this is the third set of Dragon Balls that we've had. We have Shinron on Earth, Parunga on Namek, and then we have uh, Toban Tobanto, Tobanta, Torbanto. I think is this dragon's name, and it only needs two Dragon Balls to be wished. Uh, Manito. And the reason I'm not clear on the name is because we just learned the name and it's been mentioned once in the series. We'll go back and I'll get that to you. Just follow on uh, Twitter and we'll have the name of all the dragons and a little bit more information that we're going to talk about today. Manito, over here, you two. Let me patch you up a bit before Gas gets back. And Vegeta says, thank you, Goku. Yeah, thanks again. But your clothes first. And this was amazing because... He gives them Bardock's armor and they're like, huh? Goku's looking at the gloves and could I just have my original outfit back? What? You don't want to dress how Bardock once did? And then Vegeta's like, I can't get used to this jacket. And we know Vegeta hasn't had the sleeves since he got his ass whooped the first time. Those are bad memories. As soon as Goku and Krillin and Gohan and Yadrobi whooped his ass, he went to the cutoff. He went to the tank tee. We move to the next page, zipping through the universe at the fastest speed that anybody's ever seen. From the fastest being in the universe, we have gas, and gas is pissed. You can see the veins popping out of his head, looking like Terry Crews. He's like, found you! And then next thing you know, the technique he learned from Goku, instant transmission, boom, he lands on the planet, looking like She-Hulk in that latest trailer. Vegeta and Goku are surprised, Manito's surprised as well, as they're in their normal Saiyan attire, or their normal attire now, and you look outside Manito's house, the gas goes underneath gas. He slowly stands up looking like the Predator, and he looks, get out here, Saiyans. Now, this has been an ass whooping he's been waiting to give for over 40 years. Next, we see Oil sitting back looking. Yo, Maki, gas is back. Over the intercom, he's at the hut. You see Maki there with Alec. Oh, sooner than we thought. And Alec's commanding one of his his servants to go get something. Maki looks at Alec. What now, Alec? Let's move the ship over that way, but only within a uh, only within view of the battle and not too close. Now we know Alec is a mastermind behind all this, and yet we still don't know his true intentions. We know they want to kill Frieza too after this, but there's something else that he has going on. Uh, oil. Hey there, brother. How you feeling? And then guess I'm feeling like I just wasted too much time. Tell Elok that I'll be finished shortly. And oil is pleased as, as piss right now. Okay, good luck. He said, we'll have a tasty meal awaiting for you. Gas doubles down on his anger and his rage. And then a cold ass scene looking like Goku and Vegeta coming out of the, uh, the room of space and time. They walk out. We see this nice shot of their feet coming up. Goku and Vegeta make their final stand in front of my Naito's house in their current Saiyan attire. He's like, I assumed you would have run off by now. And Goku says, it's you and your gang who need to leave. And Gas goes, leave? We plan to as soon as I've slaughtered you two. Goku, you know, he, he pissed. And he's about to go in, but Vegeta jumps in. I wanted to defeat the. I wanted to defeat this one, even if it kills me. How about you? And Goku smiles. Well, I'm not letting you have all the fun. 
Vegeta smiles back, fine, we fight together then. And then they start to power up in front of Gas, and Gas is like, huh? Didn't I just whoop you and you? The only the only way you got me off planet was by tricking me. And then you see Goku, I'll be the one to end this. And Vegeta smiles, not on my watch. And we know that Saiyans love the thrill of battle, and that's what is it, it that's what makes them the happiest especially vegeta as he just admitted but now we have the scene that everybody's been waiting for since goku first went ultra instinct ah, they're yelling goku goes to ultimate ultra instinct and vegeta goes to ultra ego standing side by side power flaring and this huge beam shoots up in front of them and gas is just taken aback by the amount of power they're exuding and maki goes yikes Maki looks down. What sort of forms are they using now? And Oil's like, uh, that Goku guy is uh, using super duper instinct and Vegeta's got his massive ego boost thing, I think. And then Maki's like, like I give a crap about the names. I'm asking if they're strong or not. And Oil's like, oh, yeah, for sure. Real strong. And then Gas goes, you intend to face me together. Saiyans are uh, as mindless as ever, I see. You still fail to comprehend that such a strategy will never matter given the gulf between us and Goku very calmly, which is something he's been working on since Dragon Ball calming his heart because a true martial artist, and this is seen in many martial arts form has to be clear headed when they go into battle. Uh, as we saw, Master Roshi took on Jiren the gray for a little bit because he was calm and clear. Uh, but Goku goes, no, you're the one who doesn't get it. And Gas goes, oh, and Vegeta's laughing and just in the thrill of his ego. I've it's got nothing to do with our odds of victory. What drives us now is the sheer desire to win as he sits down in his stance. And then Goku and Vegeta launch off. And we have not seen this Vegeta before. His his personality has changed in Ultra Ego. He's still, he's showing the love for battle. Used to, he used to show an, a love for mercilessness and injuring people, but he is showing a true love for battle. And Goku goes in using Ultra Instinct. They're rushing towards Gas. Gas just, again, doubles down on the mean look. Goku pulls his left hand back. Vegeta pulls his right leg back for, for a strike. And they go in. This double panel is amazing. Goku punches with his left hand as Gas blocks and, and Vegeta kicks with his right leg. Gas blocks again. Again, the strongest beings in the universe right now. Ultra Instinct, Ultra Ego, and a wish made upon Gas to be the strongest. And he doesn't even look at him. He is blocking like Goku blocked Birder and Jace the first time he arrived on Namek. And then Gas goes, yeah, about what I expected. They back off both separate direction. Goku kicks off the ground with his right foot, comes in with the flying side kick. Gas ducks under it. Then Vegeta is coming from the right side as Goku lands behind Gas and tries to punch with a left punch. Goku's behind on the ground. Goku takes off, coming back at Gas. Gas whips around and dodges his next two punches. Uh, the battle continues as we see Goku's doing two kicks with his left side, most likely side kicks and roundhouse. Vegeta jumps up with a double uh, tomahawk chop coming from the top. Gas looks up very calmly as he's blocking Goku in Ultra Instinct and moves out of the way. As we know, Goku's in a calm state. Vegeta is just overbound with energy. He blasts the ground and he's like, 
Goku looks up while Vegeta's looking away. Instant transmission up to Gas right in front of his face, but Gas is unfazed. Wham, 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 wham. Goku's striking as Gas blocks, and Vegeta looks back trying to get his bearings. Vegeta takes off in a burst of energy towards Goku and Gas. He throws a right leg roundhouse. Gas blocks as Gas is blocking Goku, and Goku's back is to him. Goku turns around has his right hand ready for a strike as Vegeta just hit with his right hand whap, 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 whap. and Gas is kind of overwhelmed but he grabs Vegeta's hand and just like a little boy stop hitting yourself bam hits Vegeta right in the forehead and knocks him to the ground while Goku is behind him Goku still shocked Vegeta gets hit Gas turns around with a right leg hook kick Bam! Kicks him in the face and both Saiyans hit the ground. We get another ass shot from Vegeta. Those cheeks are looking mighty delicious. No, come on, come on, come on. We are having some trouble with the storms. What page am I on? Hang on, hang on, folks. Yes. You know what? This is why you always have two pulled up, folks. This is professionalism. So, okay, page 26, Goku and Vegeta are going back. Vegeta has that little raspberry on his head, and Gas is surprised that they're bouncing back. Both of them, Vegeta with a flying sidekick from the left side, and Goku with a flying sidekick from the right side, full blast. And Gas is held up like Craig getting held up by Debo, and he's bounced back, and he's surprised. Goku and Vegeta power up and come in again, and their power is swirling as they are following him flying in the sky. Zoom, wham, and they hit Gas, and he flies back. But Gas hit a uh, iron horse stance and lands on the ground and is waiting for the Saiyans to come in and ha using the energy he did before uh, catches Goku and Vegeta by surprise and he hits them with this big ass blast and if you're thinking about blast think of any time that Piccolo or Nappa just did their breath blast that's exactly what this is but Goku and Vegeta saw it coming they jump out of the way and then a combined Kamehameha and Gallic Gun Ha, which they did against Broly in the film. Above Gas's shot that he's shooting right now, he looks up in anger and they shoot down directly at the world's strongest person. That world's strongest person, the universe's strongest person, Gas. Gas, instant transmission away from the blast, and he creates and manifests a mallet right behind Goku and Vegeta. Goku. Uh, I don't know why he didn't sense this in Ultra Instinct, but Vegeta gets blasted in the back of the head and Goku's like, damn, Vegeta. He turns around. He's mad and Gas is getting ready to swing on him. But Goku's like, eh, 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 not today, my friend. Gas comes back with another swing from the left to the right. Goku steps back. He throws his mallet. Fuck it. And front snap kicks Goku in the guts. Now, I want you to take a look at Goku and Vegeta's face because his eyes are popping out of his face right now and on that uh, front kick he just uh, jettisons himself arcing down with more and more power and speed until bam right here what he did to Vegeta he smushes Goku's gut he steps on him pins him to the floor as the locks are flowing in the wind and Goku, ah, the same yell he did when Raditz stepped on him in front of, uh, well, in front of the pod that Gohan was in. Don't get cocky, you pathetic monkeys! And I, I gotta say, this this racism against the Saiyans, I'm not, I'm not digging. You know, that gas, you're you're sounding like Frieza. But out of nowhere, this bomb 
in the air is forming. It's crackling. Kakarot, we hear from Vegeta. And Gas looks over his shoulder. This is a god of destruction move. One capable of erasing mere mortals as Vegeta smiles as he's getting ready to take <laughs> Gas's life. If you truly are the universe's strongest, then try standing up to this, which we know he did the same thing with Cell. He throws the Hakai bomb at him. Gas looks and he's surprised and Goku's like, God damn, Vegeta, instant transmission out of there. Gas materializes a shield, which we see him using a lot of weapons that he materializes from his own mind. Hmm. Observe as I deflect your worthless move. Now, we know that Hakai energy can destroy anything. This is God of Destruction energy. This is what Beerus used to destroy his planets and do, does his job. Gas, boom, starts to block the Hakai bomb. He takes his ground. Oh, he's struggling. And now Vegeta ah, struggling to keep pushing it forward to disintegrate him and kill him. Goku finally is beside Vegeta as he looks. And now Goku adds his own energy. Now, this is uh, something that we didn't talk about. Goku was the first one to use God of Destruction. He took it from just watching Beerus and um, erased half of Zamasu in the Zamasu arc. I don't think they showed that in the anime but in the manga he's like sorry lord beerus i'm gonna have to steal your move and he just does it so goku can tap into hakai even though he's an ultra instinct he joins vegeta they're pushing this blast back as gas is just sliding across his shield starts to deteriorate he's actually struggling this time and then we take an above view from his siblings. Uh, is he going to be okay? Maki asks. And Oil said, gas is losing. Or Maki says, gas is losing ground to them. Uh, they'd already used their transformations, right, Oil? Alex says, yep, I saw both of those forms when they were uh, duking it out with Granola. And then Alex goes, then he's fine. Still with the ascot, looking like Fred. Uh, the, wish, uh, the wish to make him the strongest came after all. And this is something that they've been worried about because Granola gave him a run for his money and the Saiyans were as well. Maki goes, right, makes sense. He can still win this. Uh, and Ella goes, relax. I assume they might team up against him. As the strongest in the universe, Gas outclasses Granola. And Maki's like, oh yeah. And Ella goes, just watch. The most sinister line in this. But the Hakai bomb is still going. Goku and Vegeta in their strongest forms, blasting it towards Gas. Gas's shield is gone, and he sits there with his hands out and pushes back. And then we see the Hakai bomb start to fold in and move backwards. I hate these bombs going back. Now, he's pushing it away from himself. Goku goes, we're getting pushed back. Vegeta's like, damn it. It's no use, Goku says, and they're struggling. You see the veins popping out of their arms, and the Hakai Blast is getting close to him, and Vegeta's like, see you, brother. Goku's hands touch the Hakai Bomb. It's like, Vegeta, come on! Goku grabs it, and he is struggling to keep it from disintegrating himself. Vegeta jumps over and attacks Gas. He's ah! And Gas just looks at Vegeta. And then back leg from snaps kick the shit out of him, just like he did with Go Go Go. Got the right leg, and Vegeta got the left. And Vegeta's face contorts so damn much, you don't even recognize him. He looks like a scrub that Goku beat in Dragon Ball. <laughs> Spit coming out of his mouth. And again, hey, Gas grabs him by the hair and grabs him by the head. And Vegeta's like, what the fuck? And bam, 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 wearing out his guts. Four punches. He throws Vegeta to the ground with a overhand right, and Vegeta smashes into the ground. Ah, just done in. And then Gas just walking. What's wrong, Saiyan? Losing too much blood? 
Do you still think you can win? And classic Vegeta smiles. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Gas opens his hand, pointing point blank at Vegeta. Hmm. Save your prattle for the afterlife. Next thing we know, coming in from nowhere, Goku has the Hakai, the Hakai bomb. He's struggling, he's struggling, and he sees the city behind him. As a hero, looking back, knowing there's innocence, rah, he throws it into the heavens. And over the city, nearly being destroyed, Goku has become a savior, but he's tired. Ah, ah, Vegeta! He instant transmission to right behind Vegeta. Vegeta! And now this is something I don't understand. Gas had his hand on Vegeta, but Vegeta got up. And we're going to find out what happened. But Vegeta's pissed. And he punches Gas in the face with the right. And Goku's like, oh. And then Gas said, you worm! You What trick is this? And Vegeta stumbling. How is your body still moving? And Vegeta smiling, wiping blood from his face. Damn, damage is nothing but fuel for me. Slinging the blood to the ground, kind of like a Claymore slinging blood off of her sword. Do you realize what that means? I'm only getting stronger. And Gas looks pissed. And we get hit with that legendary iconic to be continued. That is the uh, latest chapter of Dragon Ball Super. Uh, I'm, I didn't even know I was, I was out. They, I'm, I'm a little fuzzy, guys. Uh, so on that note, let's take a quick pause for the cause. We just finished. I'm going to come back with my predictions. We're going to talk some video game news and diversity in video games. But thank you, guys. Uh, and thanks, Buck. He said the stream is still going well and it is fire for some reason. It is not coming up in chat. But... Uh, let's take a quick pause for the calls. I'll be right back and fix the camera. Uh, thank you, guys. Episode uh, 315, Chapter 84, Dragon Ball Super is amazing. We'll be right back. Ada, ada. Want to know if you've got potential? What I mean to say is, do you want to know if you've got what it takes to find love? With only three easy payments of 5,000 yen, that's exactly $45.54 USD, you too can afford the Max Pretty Love Detection Cannon. All you have to do is think of the person you love, and the device will automatically lock onto their location via the heart arrow targeting system, no matter where they are. Once you pull the trigger of love, the cannon will send an invisible strand to attach itself to your crush and start to send your light of love directly into them awakening their love receptors allowing them to open up to the idea of their love interest get yours while they last hey friend tired of having to tirelessly train to level up no matter how many adventures you go on or how many quests you complete you're still a few xp away from ranking up don't get me started on leveling up your equipment or getting to a rank where you can wield a weapon you got 40 hours ago don't you just wish there was a way you could have a sidekick that had everything including your training already pre-programmed inside of them? Well then you'll want to order your con today. At the low price of 10 bags of rice you'll get the Knowledge Operating Nano Friend delivered to your front door within minutes of purchase. Finally, a way for you to overcome the fallacies of the creator's world and become the hero you were always meant to be. What is up, guys? Now the fuzzy is gone. I don't want to take too long because uh, we got a lot of news to go in. So a couple of things I want to hit on. A people's pride, a Saiyan's pride. Goku remembers his parents. Uh, we see 
Bardock, which we haven't seen before, which is coming in and out from battles. We get to see Goku's mother, Ganae, and what she did in her daily life. We get to see another Saiyan mama. Not all Saiyans are in shape. We saw uh, Bardock had a team in the uh, history of Bardock film that Toy Animation made, and this was not the Bardock that Akira Toriyama wanted to make. The Bardock that you're reading about now, the Saiyan that is trying to save life, the Saiyan that is intuitive, the Saiyan that saves his family, and his wish uh, for his sons was not to to just thrive. It's just you know, this is a Bardock that had some complexity to it. Um, hang on, let me. There was something I wrote down. Uh, I can't find it. There was some. There was a, a piece of information that I wanted to check, and I was going to spit it out to you guys for you guys to watch the anime or watch the history of Trunks, and then also read uh, through these last couple of chapters uh, and the Dragon Ball Super Broly film. But Bardock, uh, I thought that first scene that we got of Bardock without his tail. And we didn't see his tail. Maybe his tail was sticking out, or maybe this was something that happened to Bardock a lot. Because when he gets his tail ripped off by gas, yes, he's in battle, but he doesn't even it doesn't phase him. And he gets his tail grabbed, and it's not something that's an issue. So maybe Bardock was used to losing his tail uh, as a, a, a fighter that went out frequently. But we get to see their daily life through Goku's eyes. And this is the first time that Goku has had any memory of of the Saiyans and of his people. And now he's understanding the pride. And the thing that we saw transpire in this chapter is him and Vegeta were really just fighting and giving it their all and believing in themselves because Goku wasn't having any troubles with Ultra Instinct. He wasn't doing what he was doing a couple chapters ago and trying to work new moves and trying to really help gas and all this. He's just invested into the fight and Vegeta was giving himself to the Ultra Ego where he was trying to atone for the sins of Saiyans and why he couldn't. He apologized to Lord Beerus. Sorry, Lord Beerus. I can't hold this form. I can't become who you want me to. And now his pride is like, you know, I have to be secure in who I am. I'm a, a Saiyan that was ra raised on Vegeta, but now I live on Earth and I'm a father. I am. I feel like this next step for, for Vegeta is going to be him becoming a king. Um, uh, but in Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, Bardock didn't have a tail. Or Bardock had a tail, but in this he doesn't because he got ripped off from the battle from gas. So that's a little inconsistency, but everything else is, you know, looking like it is going to stay together. And this makes the story full. Um, a lot of people are like, well, you know, the movies don't tie into the series. And I think that's something that they started to change with Dragon Ball Super Broly going into Dragon Ball Super Superheroes, which we'll talk about another time. Um, but Goku and Vegeta understand a Saiyan's pride. Goku and Vegeta in the old Saiyan armor was amazing because we've never seen Goku in that style of armor. We saw him in Vegeta's cutoff armor in the uh, Perfect Cell arc. But other than that, he's always worn his uniform because he's a martial artist. And I understand that because when I'm training, even like here at the house, I put on my uniform. I tie my belt. It's something that you get used to. You get to the regimen. You feel a different way when you're in your uniform. Um uh, and then why we point out the facts about Dragon Ball Z, we talked about that is because the inconsistencies are the things where people start repeating the same stuff over and over again. And it has no logic. If you really want the history of Dragon Ball, somebody who's been doing it for the longest time is Geekdom 101. You're going to get that same kind of information here as we dive in and give you facts that you wouldn't find anywhere else. Um, and it's not that Akira Toriyama hates Vegeta. Akira Toriyama wanted him to be a bad guy that died because Goku very seldomly killed you know his villains he tried to give them another way out that's the martial artist way you don't discriminately take lives vegeta grew up as a saiyan 
with his father's uh, ideal of pride, his father's ideal of how to rule, while they were being oppressed by Frieza, as you saw in Dragon Ball Super. So there was, I feel like his um, view of what a Saiyan is, is very true to the most ruthlessness of their people. Now we know Akira wanted to do a backstory where there was two different clans of Saiyans that had a skirmish, um, and those were the evolved uh, from the evolved form. Because as we know, Saiyans came from the Great Ape form. That's the original story. They landed on um, Planet Serial, and they had this battle, or that's what it was supposed to be. Now this is transpiring here um, in a different way. The Saiyans. Uh, went down on the planet they went to grade eight form but they had already gained sentience they'd already been enslaved by frieza they've already been commercialized as planet brokers as you will as as Raditz says in the series um but we really see that goku growing up on earth he became an earthling earthlings struggle and they get by by being in teams by teamwork and that's the whole theme of dragon ball it is a story about goku and his friend he can't do it alone even though he is the strongest one he needs others to help motivate him he has always fought with the team he has always been a team player uh vegeta was always on his own even as a kid he was stronger than half the saiyans there so he was a leader without having actually led if that makes sense and then also being under the heel of frieza he had to take out certain missions so he reveled in battle because that's what true Saiyans are supposed to do and now they have made it to a point in their life 40 years later that their ideologies have changed because of all the battles they've had now this uh, context of them going into what a Saiyan is is more about who they are and bringing all that full circle Saiyan's not just something that is a, is a race that's dead a Saiyan is not just somebody that has to go out and murder a Saiyan can be whatever I am as long as I have pride in who I am and what I do and understand fully who I am I can always uh, achieve whatever goal it is and Goku is still fighting with his friend Vegeta, but they both are relying on their Saiyan's pride. And it's something that Gas mentioned in earlier chapters about Goku not even knowing whom he can't, you can't beat me. You don't even know who you are. You're half a Saiyan. Um, seeing Goku and Vegeta go ultra was amazing together because the duality of both are, it's very interesting. Goku is defense and Vegeta's really attack. And that's something that everybody speculated on since the tournament of power. And this came through. Uh, we don't know where, well, we know where Granola is. He's still getting healed by Manito, but he is not. Is he going to come back? We don't know. And Gas is getting gassed up in this fight because he can't believe he's getting pushed back. They're displaying new power. So my predictions for chapter uh, 85 is we're, we're going to see Granola come back somewhere in that chapter. I don't know if it's going to be in the middle of the chapter. I don't know if it's going to be at the end, but he's going to come back. But we're also going to see the fruits of ultra instinct and ultra ego because they just like they powered up and they're going after gas you're seeing how strong he is but you're also seeing pushback from both of them you're seeing the hakai energy what else do they have left up their sleeves we're going to see and i, I predict that goku and vegeta are going to get to a point to where they pull back when gas comes uh, granola comes back and they all fight together and there's three different generations that have been tormented by the uh the heaters and take down gas but i don't think this is the end for Alex's plan because he made another wish that we don't know about and frieza is still their main target they're trying to kill frieza now that he is back alive because they planned to overthrow him all those years ago this has been a plan to make it for over 50 years and we still have our synthoid seven seven three or Damn it, what is his name? We just figured out his name last time, but our very first uh, character that absorbed people's energy, that Moro, 
uh, took control of. They gave Granola gave his body at the very beginning of this arc to somebody else to harvest and do something with. And we still do not know, but he has the ability to craft and create the strongest fighter they've ever seen. So there is another threat out there. There's probably two threats out there. And how strong is Frieza now? Frieza knows he, he trained last time. He's still trying to take on Goku and Vegeta. There's so many un, unfiltered factors, but I feel like we're going to get Granola next episode. I feel like there's going to be some combined attack between Goku and Vegeta. And then also we're going to see a little bit more from Ultra Ego and Ultra Instinct. So with that being said, uh, let's talk some video game. Because uh, so, we're, we're, I'm not trying to make this a super long episode. I know we missed last week. We're almost at an hour in. Um, representation in video games. Now, there were a couple of things I wanted to hit on. Uh, let's do these news articles very quick. Popular Yu-Gi-Oh card game, uh, unabandoned after 17 years. And I say card game, but card. Now, this is one of my favorite cards, and I still used it. It's in the Master Duels video game, so I don't know why they abandoned it. But after 17 long years, players of the Yu-Gi-Oh trading card game can once again add the beloved change of heart back into their decks. The same card Jada Pink could have when Will walked up on stage and slapped Chris Rock. Uh, on Tuesday... Konami released an update to the latest roster of the forbidden and limited card list uh, for the trading card game, which shows that the change of heart will be eligible for play in the official game. Now, the card was originally being banned in April 2005, according to the records of Wikipedia, but it is coming back now. Effective Tuesday, this card will be moved in from the forbidden category to limited, meaning that players can have uh, a one copy of this card in their main deck, extra deck, and side deck combined. You can view the full up-to-date list of forbidden and limited cards on the official Yu-Gi-Oh! website. Now, I haven't played Yu-Gi-Oh! in a while. You've seen the cards. I've brought them out many a time. You've seen the gameplay. I played my cousin tray a couple times but i never knew it was taken off but it's like when you're making these cards you got to think you should be thinking on the highest level of how this card can be used and manipulated but to ban it that's that's kind of that's kind of booty i'm just gonna say that's booty um but change of heart is back um dead by daylight gets a dating sim uh and there's a trailer for it. we're not going to go into it because there's some other things i want to talk about um and then uh i want to save this for buck but uh, yeah, we're, I want to say this because I'm I'm kind of pissed off. I didn't get to finish my Yakuza games because they took them off Game Pass. Uh, there's there's still uh, I think they still have the latest, the seventh, and I think Yakuza three through seven is still on Game Pass if you want to play. But Kiyomi one and two and zero are no longer available on Game Pass. It doesn't matter. Go ahead and buy it. It's a great fucking series. It's as crazy as JoJo's Bizarre, but it's it's. It's 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 red it's Red Dead Redemption and also Grand Theft Auto all mixed in one, but Japanese. So we'll save this for Buck to talk about Yakuza because he is the Yakuza master and got me on the series and I love it. But I don't want to miss this. Okay, video games, Gotham Knights, Wolverine, the League of. Uh, uh, upcoming superhero games. There's a couple games that we want to talk about. Uh, you guys know I platinum Spider-Man 1 and 2 or Spider-Man and Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2 is on this way but everything has kind of got pushed back because of COVID. So we have some release dates for these games you guys are waiting on. Um, 
Gotham Knights is supposed to drop October 25th, but I also heard that it is it is going to get delayed for Xbox One and PS5 for some reason. Uh, one that I'm excited about, which reminds me of Marvel Alliance, is Marvel's Midnight Suns, where you get characters like Captain America, Doctor Strange, Wolverine, Magic, Nico Minor, uh, Blade, Lilith, Mother of All Demons is, is who they're going to capture. The Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, has now been pushed to 2023. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man 2 is supposed to come out in 2023, and I really hope so because we're going to get more of Miles Morales and Peter Parker. Uh, I love Wolverine games. The last Wolverine uh, Origins game where you could hack and slash, you could see the Animanium whenever he got blown up or shot, and it would take all the blood and skin off. It was amazing, so Marvel's Wolverine is to be announced, but I hope it's coming out 2023, 2024 at the latest. We also get a new Wonder Woman video game which i'm interested in but i don't know how well that's going to do i think woman one wonder woman is a great character she could be the kratos of the marvel universe but i feel like the you know being in urban life and shit like that might not be the best for her and i don't want them to make this like they did the superman 64 or anything like that but I'm excited to see what they do. I want more superhero games. I want them to be more like Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man because they did such a great job. But I'm not sure what they're going to do with these series. Which uh, superhero games are you guys excited for? Which ones are you waiting for? Um, I think out of all of those, I'm, I, I want to say Wolverine. Oh, shit. Uh, hang on. We're going to do this live. The Logitech is losing a little bit of focus here. Uh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Just listen to the voice. Bam. There we go. Um, yeah, I want to say Wolverine, but I'm, I'm Spider-Man is, is something that I've enjoyed so much. I beat it on every single level, 100% in platinum. It, so Spider-Man is the one that I'm really looking forward to. Now, this is something that I saw. Activision uh, Blizzard announces tool that measures characters diversity. It's not looking good for the company. This came out on May 13th. The gaming industry has a long has had a long problem with diversity and their have been initiatives by different studios over the years to rectify this issue, but not all efforts, uh, while well intended, are good. And this is a post blog from Activision detailed the decision uh, to use a character diversity tool that qualifies ethnicity, beauty, cognitive ability and other things uh, that indicate you're different is one such measure uh, that feels particularly bizarre in the offense. Now, the reason I picked this one is because we heard from some of the de the devs on the uh, Star Wars um shit what's the star wars game i got it up there the one where they used uh old boy that played joker and um ethan on uh, shameless lost order fallen uh, fallen jedi uh they said that they wanted to have either a black character or a female character as a lead but they got so much pushback they it's like well that's not going to sell and that's a problem because a lot of your gamers are black gamers. A lot of your gamers are female gamers. A lot of your gamers are of different ethnicity. And we're tired of seeing the same cookie cutter, white bread uh, characters and then the same stereotypical characters. So when I was uh, looking at different things, I was like, this is kind of interesting. So developed by King and MIT Game Labs, the diversity tool was meant to create a my, uh, minority guidelines for characters or was created 
to monitor guidelines for character concepts and creation, King uh, Globalized Project Manager Jacqueline Comatas further explained the tool's mission, saying the diversity space tool is a measurement device to help identify how diverse a set character or a set of character traits are, and in turn how diverse that character uh, and cast are when uh, compared to the norm. So what I hear when I see that is like, how close to the stereotype are we, and how close are we to our limit? You know, that's our diversity hire. We need five black people. Most games have two black people. Let's have five. So it's like uh, there's there's a graph here. And when you go into this graph, like when I let's pull this up. So you guys can see what I'm seeing. Boom. So we're looking at this graph. Uh, Overwatch created character and I'm going, I'm starting at the left. Hopefully you guys can see the mouse and the public characters. You have difficulty, gender of men, 14, gender of women, 14, moral, evil, moral, good, neutral, but you also see gender identity, sexual orientation, psychosomatic background, culture, race, age, cognitive ability, physical ability, body type, facial features, and beauty. And then each one of them is pinned with a different color for gender, men, women, evil, good, neutral, damage, support, and tank. Um, and here's your metrics here. And then you have the characters that are designed on the side and where they are pinned within this and their uh, role for support within the game. So this is the tool that they're using. Um, and this is what they what they give. So I'm going to leave that up while we go through this article. As you can see uh, from the image below, categories like culture, psychosomatic background, cognitive ability, feature, features, and beauty, and more are all assigned a value depending on how far they are from the norm of typical character traits. This tool can then weigh on uh, weigh new character designs against the established baseline to measure their diversity. Apparently, the Call of Duty Vanguard and Overwatch 2 dev teams beta tested the tool and thought it was helpful. The reception was immediate and enthusiastic. Uh, and uh, Activision Blizzard plans to launch the tool internally during the summer and Q3. Needless to say, people over Twitter have been less than enthusiastic about Activision Blizzard's diversity tool. It skews a little too close to phrenology, pseudoscience, in uh, which traits can be measured by looking at people's skulls. There are also questions like, how is the norm baseline even decided on? Which was a thing that I was just about to say. Because if you're looking at the norm for what we see in video games, you're talking about racial stereotypes. How many slices of watermelon does this character want? When is he going to rob a bank? Is he going to be in jail for this time? Or if he goes to jail for a crime, is the sentence going to be less than what his counterpart is? Like, what is your norm? People are people. The same character, the same dumbass tech character that you have, the the, the crazy um, white investor on Grand Theft Auto V, that could be a black guy. People are eccentric. We, we get this all the time. The, the fact that people are shocked that black people like video games and anime is so crazy because since the 90s since Toonami came on those are the people I've been talking to about this in groups of other cultural groups it's not like oh we're just gonna hang out at the black table no Yui Lee Blake Byford Reggie Smith 
Indian, white, black, Asian, we're all talking about video games and video game characters. We're all talking about anime. We're not doing the same segregation shit that you see this Gen Z bullshit do because all these fucking mass shootings. That's some that's some new shit. That's a parenting issue. If your kids are doing that shit, if they're still talking about racism and bullshit like that and trying to call people names just because of the color there's and I've been called all kinds of shit since I was a little kid walking out since four earliest memories I ain't doing shit at four but walking so there's no reason to have that skew that's something that is taught that's something that you need to branch away from you just need to design a character the thought that there were no black vikings the thought that there was no black pirates the thought that there was any job in this world where there was not a black person doing it and it was only white culture is bullshit. You can look through history. If you're not looking through history and you're not really seeing the people for what they are and who they are, you're fucking doing some racist bullshit. It's going to call it like that. Like Facebook has a deal now that they put this tab out for some shit. I was like, oh, that's for racist motherfuckers. Oh, the uh, the um, anonymity. Like you can make a post and it won't show who you are now. So now there's going to, you know, there's going to be more racist bullshit. There's going to be more things going on. It's like, why would you even do this? Because motherfuckers are complaining because they can't be fucking racist blatantly because they could possibly lose their job. Well, I know if I work at anywhere and I'm a supervisor, if somebody's talking some racist or hateful shit or sexual, uh, they're sexually harassing somebody, you know what happens? They get fucking fired. There's consequences. So why are there not consequences everywhere else in life? Um, you know how many of these games I've looked at? There was one I was playing yesterday, like Vikings. I was like, okay, I can understand that you're using like Tyr and Odin and Thor and shit, but your character design, you have a female version, but you can't have a black version when Odin, uh, even like Zeus and the Greek gods took on many appearances of the people around them. You think that black people didn't exist in the Wild West? You think that black people didn't ed- exist until a couple years ago? Get the fuck out of here, dude. This is so fucking crazy. Like all these cultures have been around since the dawn of time. Nobody with darker skin is new within the last hundred years. We've been here. We've been doing stuff. Tell those stories. Those stories are just as interesting. The, the bullshit mermaid stories that you have now came from Africa. You just tweak that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like every culture has folklore. Every culture has a culture that needs to be told. And to skew this down to the baseline, what is a baseline? Tell me exactly what your baseline is. Because if you want to talk about if you're going back to slavery and looking like, oh, this is how they were treated. This would be the baseline trajectory of what people think of these people. Let's change that completely. I like forsaken. You have this black girl that's in there doing every fucking thing. Your lead character in this fantasy world, just like you would have an Asian character in an anime, just like you would have a white character. You have Fantastic Beast and shit, just like you would any other kind of character. Like you can place a character and it's the same thing. Somebody was harping on like um, LGBTQ and gay characters and talked about comics. I said, as long as the comic and the narrative fits the story, that's all you're worried about. The part the part about them being black the part about them being gay the part about them being trans that is just a part of that person but that doesn't completely define that person a lot of people i think there was a tiktok and this um girl got super offended this guy's like um asking for a drink and he says the word fruity and she's like well what do you mean fruity and he was just using it in the context it's supposed to be. If a drink has a lot of fruit in it and you taste that fruit, that is a fruity drink. He's not, he didn't mean anything. The, the whole conversation was innocent and she had to check herself and get off that bullshit. 
you you have this skew and this hate or this anger for some shit and you're not even listening you're not even trying to look at the the actual context of what's being saying it doesn't matter what the name is doesn't matter how they look watchdogs did a great uh, job you went from aiden pierce to our next character from a white character to a black character and did the same fucking thing didn't matter that he was black there's certain uh music and tones that they use there was more hip-hop in the game but that was something he would do because he liked music because he was a hacker of a different age he was younger so he's looking to listen to current shit but there's rock there's uh indie music there's all kind of music that plays throughout that game but he just doesn't have to listen to rap because he's black everybody has different tastes um your diversity tools need to have uh, the best diversity tool you can have is to have somebody of that culture in the room telling that story and you can tell Abbott elementary grand crew has black writers has a diverse cast a diverse uh, uh, associate producer, all that stuff. And you can tell in the writing that it's diverse. Yes, there's mainly black cast, but there's there's an Italian in the show. There's a, a, a gay white teacher in the show. And it tells that story. Yes, that's a little bit about them. But you didn't find out he was gay until later on in the series. You're just finding out that this is a, a person that has some some quirks, just like the black lead in the show. You know, diversity doesn't have to be this tool that you use to you know, minimize stereotypes like, oh, well, you know, he's not going to eat this many pieces of chicken. Like, no, I don't want to eat no fucking chicken in this game, dude. I don't want to rob nobody. I'm like, I'm always thinking like, okay, I got a black character. When are they going to rob somebody? When are they going to go to jail? When are they going to just be, be extra for no reason? Y'all are taking instances that you see when you're looking at fucking YouTube clips, when YouTube clips and TikTok clips are supposed to be entertaining and culturalizing that as a people. Same thing with the video games. The lead for The Last of Us could have been a black girl versus Ellie. Easily. Easily. And there would have been some small changes, probably the background a little bit, but it didn't have, you could have did the same uh, one for one with Ellie being Alicia. Easy. Same thing, Barbara Gordon could still be Barbara Gordon, but black Barbara Gordon, you know, that it doesn't matter the skin tone. It matters the story. It matters what that person go through. That's what pulls us in. Miles Morales was in, it was the same feel that I had for Peter Parker. Peter's story mattered to me. And this is original story. Miles story mattered to me because he was going through the paces, proving himself and dealt with everything. Family trying to be a hero, his own judgments with friends like I don't understand what these companies are doing. But if you get more of the people uh, that you're trying to put in the game, those AI you're trying to put in the game in your writer's room, you get more diverse story and context. I know that B.D. Parker uh, has a podcast called The Cut that analyzes uh society and she's just a black nerd and you can tell her like or dope labs is two black scientists going over the science and proving and disproving myths in the community that most people don't even think about from bad breath to where fungus grows to uh, why we celebrate certain holidays and we don't to how things shift and how things work in our everyday life like and if you stick to the stereotypes you don't get black people to do that. You don't think they can do that. And that's that's crazy. Um, we need to see more of ourselves in games, no matter what it is. I'm still looking for a, a, a Native American game that's not racist. I'm from Anadarko, Indian capital. And my friends that I've made in Anadarko up here in the city, I don't see representation for them. 
I don't see people going out and supporting them, uh, you know, whenever they're holding festivals, events, uh, chicken dance, any of that stuff. There is a, a culture of exclusivity and they're trying to break through the wall, but they don't know how. Um, this is a good start, but I, I don't know. I, I would I would say if you're putting in all the stereotypes, you better have a 0.001 of any of those stereotypes showing up your game for you to be moving towards diversity. I know this is something that uh, Buck would like for his sons to see strong black role models in video games. But, you you know, you can't go back to Grand Theft Auto if Franklin's a hustler selling drugs and shooting people. You know, that's that's not a good look to, to show a kid. You know, Miles Morales would be one that I start him on. Um, hell, shit. Like, even the Star Wars, even... Um, What's that other one up there? Um, infamous. The next Infamous. Make it a black character lead, but break your stereotypes. He doesn't have to do graffiti like your last character did. Shit, make him a businessman that got these powers. Like, you can change the narrative of the story just to be a great story with whoever the best lead is for it. But it's like, oh, everybody, when you start talking about diversity, like, oh, we just got to put a black person in here because we need black people. And we just got to put another one. No, it's because you don't have any of the, like, I, going through history trying to find these characters, they're limited drug dealers uh they're military they've got um prototype two mutations you can't go back to you you know fugitives that's not how i want to see myself in video games i want to be a hero you know i want to be a superhero i want to be somebody that that moves something forward empire um is interesting because you can choose your character only one black person to choose and you have six other white people and you even have women in there. It's like, dude, you got to diversify your bonds here. Add more of us in there because it's going to give you more context. It's going to give you a better and more rich story. Um, I, I, we really need Buck here for this conversation. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for episode 315. It's an hour and 17 minutes right now. Thank you guys for the long witness we did miss last week. But remember, diversity is not just inclusion for dollar signs. It's include like your market is huge with the cultures that you leave out. You need to add them in, but it's not just a corporate deal. Like, oh, well, they just need to add them because you're going to have this pushback. You're going to have that pushback. It's like, no, you need to add them because we fucking live here, dude. You can't sit here and say that gay people have not been here since the dawn of time. You hear about it all the time throughout history in every culture. It's not something new. The same thing with black people, the same thing with Indians, the same thing with Asian Pacific Islanders. Like we are all here. Let us be shown in these games. And when there are games and comics and anime and things of representation, uh, embrace those because it's going to just make you a better person because you're hearing different narratives. And that's what it is. You're going to these deals for narratives and stories that draw you in. Um, and there's a lot of things that you won't know about if you don't immerse yourself in something different cultural uh, immersion is just something that opens you up, opens your mind. That's why I love writing so much because I have a multitude of characters. I have characters from different backgrounds. Are they all black? Hell no. I, I can see within the lens of my surrounding, they are all different ages, different races, cultures. 
And there's so many amazing things I've learned by researching and talking to these people, meeting these people. And that's the kind of feeling that we want you to have, because when you you meet these people, you get a different sense of the world around you. It's not so closed off. And I feel like gaming is getting very, very, very pinpointed, closed off. And it's not very there's not immersion like I don't want those games anymore i'm looking towards anime games and just like stupid fighters and shit like that just so i can get away from bullshit because the nor the narrative stories aren't hidden like the way they they should and the games i do like have a wide variety of cast but there's still those same subtle stereotypes that we need to break away from so uh industry diversify your bonds come up with better tools put more writers in the room of the cultures that you're trying to portray you can't just sit on the outside and and look in you need those people there um and check out my resume i've sent a lot in to you different guys and for for some of these uh websites and shit like that because you need a different perspective and you need somebody that's got some information but we will have a dragon ball day and i'll be doing some short content on tiktok at tsunami loyalist you can also follow the pages tiktok at elijah bailey show on tiktok we're rocking it but i'm going to start giving you accurate information on the anime series that you love and that i love because the misinformation is killing it and you need to hear from somebody that that cares and that's me just like uh I've cared for this fruit all these years. Luffy hasn't gotten it from me yet. You know what I mean? We're holding on to it because it's special. Uh, Thank you guys for joining me for episode 315 of the Elijah Bailey Show. Dragon Ball Super 84 was amazing. Amazing. I can't wait for 85 next month on the 20th. Can't wait for Bucky to be back in the studio for episode 316. Oh, 316. That's our Stone Cold Day. I think, Buck, oh, yeah, brother. We need to do some wrestling stuff because Young Rock is fucking amazing. You guys need to check that out. Check out Grand Crew. Check out Abbott Elementary. Uh, check out One Piece. Uh, go back and read Dragon Ball. Thank you guys so much. I'm Elijah 5000. You guys relax on your your rainy Monday if you're here in Oklahoma. If you're not in Oklahoma, we wish you the best of luck. Thank you, um, Dragon Ball Super Twitter page, for making a post for today's show. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed the read. Let me know what you think is going to happen in the next chapter. What do you have thought so far of Dragon Ball Super? If you've only watched the anime, let's talk about that because I think I'm episode 84 in the anime right now on a rewatch. Um, and then my One Piece crew, the Grand Crew, the Grand Fleet, hit me up at real elijah underscore 5000 which you see in the corner so we can talk more about this this chapter 1050 is coming out and i'm I'm excited i'm geeked up we've got our final conclusion between luffy and kaido and i'm ready to see what's next for everybody because things are getting crazy Uh, i'm ready for one piece red because shanks's daughter ulta is looking crazy as hell and i think i know who the mama is but thank you guys so much i'm elijah 5000 uh i will be streaming tonight guardians of the galaxy at 10 p.m uh, so check back in for that. I'm going to reformulate the uh, stream lab so that way we don't have any choppy features and we can get down and gritty with the guardians. I think we're a chapter nine or chapter 10 so far. Um, and then I might do something early in the AM. So thank you guys so much. I'm Elijah 5,000. Um, and that is the end of today's episode. I will see you in the next Elijah Bailey show episode 316 next monday 4 30 p.m make sure to subscribe rate review um if you're watching on youtube if you're on 
Twitch, use your Amazon Prime subscription, or just subscribe to the channel because we appreciate everything that you do. Again, like I said, I'm Elijah 5000. Uh, also, check out Jessica's streams as she makes her uh, debut into the streaming realm by playing The Good Life and some other uh, indie games, but I'll catch you around. What's up, everybody? Sorry that I forgot to mention these in the show, but we're going to keep it nice and silky smooth with it. As you hear Hasoka in the background from my boy Rifty Beats. Now, this is your anime of the month given to you by the Buckety himself. It's a nice, light 12-episode banger that really focuses on fitness and health, but in a very comedic way. This is called How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift, which follows our girl Habiki Sakura in her second year of high school. She has the appetite of Goku, but her body tends to expand like Majin Buu. Her friend tells her she's getting fat, so she reluctantly joins Silverman Gym, where she runs into Akimi, a fitness fetish fiend. They also have a very fucking amazing trainer, Naruzo Machio, who every time he takes his clothes off, he's buff as hell. He's like raccoon with the clothes off, but looks like Dragon Ball Super Gohan with his tracksuit on. You can find this on Crunchyroll and VRV. Make sure to watch. Now, the one I've been waiting for is the manga of the month. This is Claymore. Now, me and Buck have talked about this for the last month straight, especially after going back and reading how bad the last chapter of Berserk was. Claymore follows sword-wielding women warriors um, who are half Yoma, half human to take out full-blooded Yoma. Now, Claire is a Claymore who was the very first one to willingly give herself to the organization to have the experiment done to where they put Yoma blood and body parts in her so that way she could avenge the woman that did save her and brought her around. Teresa, you have to watch this, but before that, you must read this. This is on Biz Media. It's a very easy read. I'm 30-something chapters in. Buck's like over 100, almost done with it. Go ahead and read it. This is your anime and manga of the month. How heavy are the dumbbells you lift? And Claymore. I'll catch you guys in the next podcast, episode 316, where we talk about all your favorite comics and more to come. So join us 4.30 p.m. Central Standard Time on Monday for episode 316 of The Elijah Bailey Show. Peace! Hey, what's up, everybody? Elijah 5000 here. Me and the Buckety appreciate it so much that you download this show each and every week. Again, we drop every Thursday. If you're new to the Elijah Bailey Show, go to Apple Podcasts, Podbean, or Spotify, or wherever you listen to this auditorial pleasure that you get weekly, and just subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you, and I'll catch your ass in the next podcast.